This is WGRE 91.5 FM, Greencastle, Indiana. Good evening and welcome to Music for Life, music from DePaul. In this episode, choir director Christina Berger fills us in on what our choral ensembles are bringing us in their upcoming concert. Hannah talks to three of our students who had the opportunity to be coached by visiting composer Roberto Sierra. Anna chats with Elika Okerstrom and Dan Hickey about what's happening with the Fifth House Residency this week. Piano faculty member Darcy McCoy comes in to invite us to her solo recital of Spanish and Latin American music. And cello professor Eric Edberg talks with me about our next green guest artist, the phenomenal Maya Beiser. There are lots of exciting things going on in the DePaul School of Music, and we're glad you could join us for Music for Life. On Sunday, March 15th at 3 p.m. in Kresge Auditorium, our university choirs take the stage, and here to chat with me about it is our choir director, Dr. Christina Berger. Welcome back. Thank you. Before we get started on that, I have to say I really love the performances of Roberto Sierra's stuff. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful night, I thought. I loved everything I heard, and I was really proud of the students. I thought they enjoyed their performance and really gave a strong reading of those pieces. Yeah, and those aren't easy pieces. No, they're not. He doesn't do easy. He doesn't seem to, no. Someone needs to explain that to him. Every now and then, a whole note's okay. (laughs) Even a half note would do. Yeah. (laughs) But it was a great performance. So what do you got up your sleeve for this one? Well, for those who missed that one, we're going to be reprising those pieces because they fit very nicely on the program in March 15th, which Mm -hmm. is a program of music from all of the Americas, North America, South America, the Caribbean islands. So no reason not to sing those again since we worked so hard to learn them. And um, even the one set, the Cantos Populares, provides a really nice contrast because the outer movements clearly signify the composer's origins on the island of Puerto Rico, growing up, you know, listening to Afro-Latin rhythms. But the interior movement, as you might recall, is completely abstracted from uh, any um, sort of ethnically or geographically identifying markers, you Mm -hmm. know, it's Mm -hmm. just a a piece of sound experimentation. So we have several examples on the program where composers are either deliberately marking their music with the aural sounds of the composer's own origins, or are writing in the European classical style, the sort of, you know, pan-Western, no specific nationality sort of uh, sound to it. So we've got both of those things going on here in this program. And as would befit any program called American Folk, the stories that have resulted in these pieces of music are stories of all kinds of migrations and cultural interpenetrations, you know, typically right. American plural cultural product. Which actually kind of got started with our Dvorak Festival last semester. Absolutely, 100%. And um, amid some of the uh, concert spirituals we're going to be presenting is uh, Going Home, mm-hmm. the uh, lyricized version of the second movement of Dvorak's New World Symphony Number no. 9, which is his uh, simulation of a spiritual melody. One that was so stage. successful that people actually think it is one. People, I mean, the people think right. that Dvorak set an American spiritual for exactly. that movement. And actually, he didn't. He wrote it, and it became a spiritual exactly. afterwards. Exactly. Although, I have to say, it is a very appropriate. It works very well lyrically. It does work beautifully, yeah. So what else is on the list? Oh, what shall I pick? Um, I think, uh, well, we have some traditional hymnody from the Eastern Seaboard, some shape note music, some Appalachian folk tune. Um, we have some. And they love the shape note. They love to perform it. You can yeah, just see do. it on their faces. They do. I, they demanded more of it, so it's coming up. We had a guest coaching us in the Techniques on Saturday, and Great. Uh, we're ready to go with that. We've got um, a concert arranged Atlantic Sea Shanty, which is just absolutely beautiful. We've got a Latin motet from a Venezuelan composer. We've got a favorite uh, South 
South American popular song, and then we have a cancion movement that's been arranged for sort of vocal jazz rendition. I think the most interesting American musical story represented here, one of them, is the arrangement of simple gifts that the chamber singers are going to be performing. Tis the gift to be simple, everyone knows mm-hmm. as the Shaker hymn. Mm-hmm. Well, this has and been, that's been set so many times. Absolutely. It's, and it's amazing. You think you can't find another way to set it, and yet they still do. Yeah, these are robust materials, these old mm-hmm. tunes. So this is an arrangement by Yumiko Matsuoka, who is a friend and colleague of mine. Um, she teaches at the Berkeley School, and she's also uh, one of the founding and performing members of the a cappella group Vox One. Ah. So this is a close pop harmony arrangement of simple gifts arranged by my Japanese friend, who's now a U.S. citizen, and uh, who undergirds the piece with an ostinato that uses Swahili. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, you know, you can't, in American pop, there's always that African influence, that black American or Mm -hmm. or black Atlantic influence, and she thought she ought to put that in there with the shakers (laughs) to make it really swing. So it's it's gorgeous. It's a fascinating program, music from all around the Americas. Mm Mm-hmm. Looks like an exciting day on March 15th at 3 p.m. in Kresge. Music from throughout the Americas presented in a host of different ways by some singers who are really at the top of their form these days. And uh, thanks for coming in to chat about it. Thank you so much, Mark. This is Hannah Gauthier with the events calendar for the week of March 9th. Starting on Monday the 9th, it will be another round of School of Music auditions. So you know what that means, be nice to everyone you see, because they could be auditioning. On Tuesday the 10th, we begin another week of visits from the Fifth House Ensemble. At 7.20 that night, they will be visiting Bonnie Whiting's entrepreneurship class. Also at 7.30 that night, Darcy McCoy will be giving a recital. It will be of Spanish piano music, so make sure you check that out. On Wednesday the 11th, at 8 a.m., 5th House will be visiting Kristen Champa's grant writing class. At 10.20, they will be performing at recital hour. Also on Wednesday, at 6 o'clock, 5th House Ensemble will be performing at Almost Home for the first 15 minutes and followed by Matt Skiba and Chris Karcher. So make sure you get down there to check that out. On Thursday the 12th at 1.40, Fifth House Ensemble will be giving a presentation on Practicing 101. Also on Thursday at 6 o'clock, they will be giving a songwriting workshop with Bobby Lancaster and Ron Dye. Rumor has it that that will be happening in 1029. On Sunday at 1 p.m., there will be a senior degree recital by the flute guy, Josh Levine. And also at Sunday, at 3, will be the University Chorus Concert. So that will be a fun way to spend your Sunday afternoon. This has been the events calendar for the week of March 9th. Thank you very much and take it easy. This is Anna Gadula, and today I am here with Elika Okestrom and Dan Hickey. Hi, guys. Hey, Hello. Anna. We represent the 21CM intern office, and we're here to talk about the upcoming Fifth House Ensemble visit and other 21CM events. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So Fifth House is coming when? 
Fifth House will be here next week on Wednesday, March 11th and Thursday, March 12th. What's on the docket for their stay here? We have a busy two days. It's exciting because we've got Melissa Snoza, the flautist and executive director, but we also have their bassoonist, Eric, and their clarinetist, Jenny, will oh, be fun. joining us. So we've got a variety of instruments and people coming and some exciting things to look forward to. We've got them going to Kristen Champa's grant writing class very okay. early in the morning at 8 a.m. Uh -huh. on Wednesday. So rise and shine, come to that. And then we've got them in recital hour doing an audience development and audience engagement workshop. And they'll also be performing on recital hour, kind of giving us a firsthand demonstration of how they like to engage their audiences. Mm -hmm. One of the things I'm looking forward to the most is a songwriting workshop that we're going to be doing oh, with the fabulous Bobby Lancaster and Ron Dye, who's actually a communications professor here at DePauw. Mm -hmm. That's Thursday. It's 6 p.m. in 1029. So we'd love to see people come out to that. Great. And Fifth House will be at the songwriting yes. event also. Great. Dan, in your experience with Fifth House Ensemble, how have you enjoyed their residence here? I have found it to be incredibly helpful and productive, especially, I mean, they do workshops on anything you could think of, <laughs> of how to develop a career in music. And I remember I sat in on the entrepreneurship class last semester, and they did a whole presentation on do-it-yourself headshots. And hmm, that was just something you don't think about necessarily as being useful or that you even could do yourself right. but you know that was incredibly helpful and then anything under the sun the mm -hmm. grant writing self-promotion audience development mm -hmm. and plus it's just great to see them perform too they're yeah as amazing musically as they are entrepreneurially mm -hmm. and the last time they were here they worked with your trio didn't they well we had one preliminary meeting just kind of setting up an activity for my trio to do at the Greencastle Middle School. Okay. And so we're going to meet with them again when they're here. And then my trio will go to the middle school the week after to perform a story circle activity with a class. Wow, that sounds like fun. So, Elika, what else are they going to be doing next week? We also have Fifth House going into Dr. Edberg's Music 130 class, so the first year seminar for music students, and oh. they're leading a how to practice workshop, which wow, in a music perfect. school, you'd think, <laughs> oh, maybe we don't need, we should all know how to practice, but sure. practicing as a first year student and really learning the best way to do that and how to be most productive with your time is a really valuable thing to learn. And the fact that these students are getting to learn that from a group like Fifth House, who have been practicing for quite a while yeah. is yeah, a great opportunity for them to learn. I think that's another thing that it's something that they come in and they lecture about and you don't really think that, oh, that should be something I should be lectured about, but it's a good thing. Like the headshot thing, like, oh, that's something that you don't think of, but it's great to have Fifth House here and give that perspective of different aspects of the career post DePauw that we really need tips and tricks on. Mm -hmm. Is that practicing talk is that open for anyone <laughs> yes <laughs> all students are encouraged to I attend could definitely i've been at it for a few more years and i could definitely i think we it, could I all think. take some tips from them yeah so that's going to be at 140 on wednesday great last time fifth house was here they did student consultations do they still have time in their busy schedule to to do that when they visit again absolutely yeah we've got some open time both wednesday and thursday afternoon in between and some of the workshops. So if you were interested in meeting with anyone from Fifth House, keep in mind we've got a bassoonist and a clarinetist mm -hmm. coming as well. 
And if you would want to meet with them, just shoot me an email, elikaokerstrom at depaw.edu, and I can set up a time with you. They do great stuff. I mean, I've seen everything from students pitching ideas for what they would like to do on a recital hour to Mm -hmm. last time they were here Eleanor Price met with Melissa to talk through one of these crazy 20th century pieces that she's performing on flute and they it was so fun they were consulting in the great hall and so both of them had their flutes out and were going through this crazy score and Mm -hmm. I mean they can again really do anything with you guys and they've got a ton of knowledge to share and it's a great thing to take advantage of great well that's definitely something to look forward to from our artists in residence. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thank you. From our student recital hour of March 4th, 2015, saxophonist Spencer Schillerstrom and pianist Nicholas Reynolds perform two movements from John Williams' piece Escapades, Reflections, and Closing In.
On Tuesday, March 10th, at 7.30 p.m., Thompson Recital Hall comes alive in a very unusual way. And here to chat with me about it is my good friend, though no relation, Darcy McCoy. Welcome. It's great to be well, here. Well, actually, Thank we are, you. probably are related somehow, but at any rate. <laughs> way, way, way back there. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you've got in store on Tuesday night. Well, I'm really excited to be presenting a concert of Spanish and Latin piano music. And I'm also 
tremendously thrilled to be joined by my colleague and friend, John Claude Felter, a really wonderful pianist. So is the entire concert two pianos or some of each or how's that work? It's actually going to be primarily solo piano, Mm -hmm. but then John is going to join me for a duo piano finale at the end. And I happen to know something about how that second movement opens up. Yes, it is something that I think the audience is going to recognize. Yeah. (laughs) So we're a little inside. you got to come to find out what we're talking about. That's exactly right. Something from popular culture. There you go. And now I understand you're also planning on doing this in an atypical format. That is correct. You know, it's been referred to as a sensory-friendly concert. I know the music therapy community often utilizes that kind of terminology mm-hmm. because people are welcome to get up and move around. They're welcome to kind of break what we typically think of as the conventions of concert etiquette. We're not concerned about concert etiquette. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I'm much more concerned about making a musical connection with people from the community, people so- that... that you know, just want to come and share the musical experience and have a part in that. Right. And DePaul, through 21CM, and actually even before 21CM, we've done a lot of interesting things in this unusual type of concertizing. So we've had people come up and lay down to listen to the Goldberg Variations or feel free that they could get up and dance during the concert. And yours are are free of any strictures as far as how the audience responds. That's absolutely correct. If you want to come up and join us on stage, if you want to lay down, if you want to sit there, if you want to ask us questions or, you know, make comments. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I heard, you tell the students, <laughs> heard you tell the students that if you're busy and you're still doing your homework, just bring your homework and do that. While Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there are not going to be any eyebrows raised. I'm not going to be offended. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that you're interested in learning about some new music. I'm going to be talking about the pieces that I play and hopefully providing a context for each of those works. And what will be on the program? I know it's a lot of exciting... Spanish music. I'm really excited about this program. This is music that I just think is so wonderfully passionate mm-hmm. and, and just connects with people so much. There's going to be actually a non-Spanish but Spanish-inspired work that's mm-hmm. going to start the program. Claude Debussy's La Soirée dans Granada ah. is going to be mm-hmm. um, the first work. And that's actually, that's kind of representative of Spanish and Latin American music mm-hmm. because it's got that habanera rhythm that mm-hmm. permeates that piece. And that's actually Cuban in origin. Yeah. And from there we're going to move to Isaac Albaneth, who's really the, the, you know, oh gosh, the namesake of, of flamenco, you know, mm-hmm. the heart of flamenco Andalusian mm-hmm. music. And then um, Enrique Granados, who's mm-hmm. commonly referred to, and even in his lifetime was referred to as the poet of the piano. So mm-hmm. kind of a different Spanish style there. And then uh, someone you were very familiar with, a work by Roberto Sierra, (laughs) a Puerto Rican composer. That's right. Who, you know, we had the privilege of getting to work with last week. And and I'm going to be playing his toccata for piano. Ah, That's a great piece. And well played. Thanks so much. Thank you. A lot of excitement coming up. This is on Tuesday night, March the 10th at 7.30 p.m. in Thompson Recital Hall. You won't want to miss it. And thanks for coming in to chat about it. Thank you very much. From the Chamber Music Concert of our Music of the 21st Century Festival featuring guest composer Roberto Sierra, Darcy McCoy performs Sierra's piece, Toccata.
Hi, I'm Joe Flummerfeld, and you're listening to Music for Life. This is student producer Hannah Gothier, and joining me today I have three DePauw School of Music students. Clarinet major, Dan Hickey. Hello. Hello, Dan. First-year pianist, Emily Chen. Hi. And Addie Starrett, junior vocalist. Hi. Dan, you were just here to talk about Fifth House Ensemble, so thank you for joining me to talk about this now. Oh no, it's a pleasure to be back. So last week, we were visited by Roberto Sierra, and that was a fun week of coachings and modern music, and I understand that all of you were in coachings with him because you all performed some of his pieces. So can you tell me about that? My coaching was surprisingly low pressure, which as a performer of this really difficult contemporary music is very much appreciated. <laughs> he was, yeah, Roberto Sierra, he was very kind. He he knew exactly what he wanted and he was just very clear in his communication, but he wasn't, you know, there was no strangled hold on the music. He was very open to ideas. And, and so it was really a pleasure to work with him. That's great. What about you two? I agree. Yeah, it was very low pressure and it was very intimidating because his music is a real challenge. Um, but I got to do it a couple times for him, and each time he was just even more encouraging, and it got better and better, so it was great. Yeah, I was also quite intimidated going into it, but he was so wonderful and warm that, you know, the moment I started playing, I was like, hey, it's going to be fine. And actually, I really like his philosophy on his music. I was watching Dr. Pong's coaching mm -hmm. of a piano piece, and Roberto Sierra said that his pieces are for each performer to make his or her own. I thought that was a wonderful way of looking at music instead of being something that we need to play the right notes and have the right expression for. It's different depending on the person. That's really cool. So how about the coachings with University Chorus? Uh, Eddie, what was your experience with that? Well, the same, really. He was so nice, so supportive, really encouraging. I also had a solo in the choir, which was cool because it was improv, mm -hmm. but also he wanted it a specific, like the length, was kind of specific, but at the same time, he's like, you need to own it and just, you know, have confidence and really sing out. And it was super encouraging, really cool. That's awesome. What about you, Emily? Yeah, I was not a soloist and it was very cool having to, you know, stick to your guns for the chorus part while the soloists are doing their own thing. Um, I love the composition in that uh, we sang Guakia Baba. Mm -hmm. And so basically it's controlled chaos. And I love that instead of you know, again, with the wholesomeness of the music and for the sake of expression rather than, you know, this is how people do it. That's really cool. It seems like everyone had a really great experience and he just seems like a really wonderful person. All right. Thanks again, guys, for coming into the studio to talk about this. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. From their performance of March 4, 2015, the DePaul University Jazz Band, under the direction of Steve Snyder, performs Frank Mantooth's Angelica.
On Saturday, March 14th, we welcome the craziest concert we've ever done at DePauw, in the music school at least. We're bringing rock and roll and 21CM together with an incredible cellist named Maya Beiser. And here to chat with me about it is our own incredible cellist, Eric Edberg. Welcome. Thank you, Mark. Great to be here. So Maya's quite the rage. I've read about her in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. She was just on NPR. And she's getting an awful lot of attention these days. She sure is. Um, One of the things that I talk with our students a lot about is in this time when you can listen to anything on your iPhone. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, as I was having lunch before we did this interview, I downloaded her Uncovered album and previewed a bunch of the tracks. The question is, how do we create really engaging music-centered events that people want to come to? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Maya has really addressed and tackled this question. She does things like nobody else. It's not just that she does rock covers, which is actually a small part of her career, although this program, it's it's really exciting. She does multi-track things, and she really, really embraces the visual aspect of concerts. Right. And to be fair to Maya, Maya is an accomplished cellist and does incredible things and probably is best known for her TED Talk and for those visual things. My casting her here as the rock and roller is because in her new album, Uncovered, she's actually covering ACDC and and Robert Plant and Led Zeppelin and and uh, Kurt Cobain. And and so it's really an exciting bridge. To oh, absolutely. The absolutely. Musician. And when she covers it, they're not simple covers. They're very oh. intricate, sophisticated. Sophisticated arrangements by Evan Zaporin, who is the director of the MIT uh, Center for Art, Science, and Technology, and who is a very well-known composer in his own right. And of course, Maya has her roots as a performer. She went to Yale. I mean, she's got incredible pedigree as a classical cellist, but she was the cellist in the Bang and Can Ensemble, which is some of the leaders in not just new music, but really accessible new mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. and music that kind of bridges the boundaries between what had been contemporary classical music and rock music. Right. And I look at her program. I mean, she's doing, she's opening up with some Led Zeppelin and then Janis Joplin, and then she's moving through some Pink Floyd and getting to Kurt Cobain and ACDC. But then we get to the second half. And she does some things like all vowels and just ancient loops, uh, which are some new things that she's had, which are very heavily visual. Oh, absolutely. There's a 25-minute film by uh, filmmaker Bill Morrison that goes with just ancient loops. I experienced just ancient loops at a performance Maya did in New York a little over a year ago. It's uh, a piece for 23 or 24 cellos, all but one of which are pre-recorded and includes this uh, wonderful 25-minute film by Bill Morrison. It's done in the minimalist style by the extraordinary composer Michael Harrison and using what is called just intonation rather than equal temperament. Mm -hmm. So those among us who are familiar with that in older tuning systems and the special qualities that brings will be fascinated by that. So this shows that, you know, Maya is not really a crossover artist. She's somebody who's at the forefront of contemporary composition and performance techniques. As I was saying before, she really embraces the visual. You can listen to just ancient loops on your iPhone, as I have done, but it is nothing like experiencing surround sound yeah, with it's all in these surround tracks sound, no and less, watching yes. this film. Yeah, so there's nothing like having the personal experience. The rock arrangements, she's really trying to deconstruct rock mm-hmm. and kind of reimagine those things in these sophisticated arrangements. And the second half of the program 
is really deeply spiritual. Maya's Israeli, Mohammed Farouz, who uh, she's doing a, a piece by him called Kol Nidre, which is based on a one of the most important ancient uh, Jewish chants. And she really sees music as a way of healing. Uh, Farouz is uh, Arab American, mm-hmm. and then Michael Gordon's piece, All Vows, that the concert takes its name from, is a is a reimagining of that chant from many perspectives. And the Just Ancient Loops piece is really, among other things, looks at spirituality from a multicultural perspective. So it's really, really going to be an extraordinary program. And she's not just performing while she's here. No, she's going to be doing a a workshop with the cellists, and it's going to be a combination of uh, question and answers and how to do multi-tracking. And uh, there's a couple of our kids really like doing rock covers, so maybe we'll have somebody play one for her and get feedback on that. And uh, she's going to be doing uh, uh, some events for DePauw alums who are mm-hmm. returning to DePauw. So it's going to be quite a day. Yeah, it's going to be a really busy weekend for her. You know, the, she does so many interesting things well. The rock covers that she's doing, her new album's called Uncovered, and the rock albums that she's covering are covered in a very live and imaginative way. They're not simply the statements of the rock covers, but she does play some of those electric guitar solos oh, yeah, on cello, which is really r- remarkable. So you yeah. think about some of those monster guitar players. And the students are all uh, still uh, uh, chuckling at you as if they you were their dad, uh, yeah. talking about do, do people Shredders. still, you're, they're shredding, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. But you know what's interesting <laughs> that that these, the songs that she has, like Black Dog and the Janis Joplin Summertime and Moaning at Midnight. Moaning at Midnight is a blues song from 1959. Right. The most recent thing, I think, is Lithium by Kurt Cobain, which right. came out in 1992. So everything's like from before our students were born. These are things that have become classics and have, have taken on a kind of central place in the collective consciousness of part of our society and that's why Maya says that she chose these particular pieces. So we should be sure not to tell anybody we were listening to these in high school. <laughs> Thanks for coming in to chat about it. You're so welcome. Ahead. All right. From her CD World to Come, Maya Beiser performs John Tavener's piece Lament to Phaedra.
We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Music for Life. We love hearing from listeners. You can contact us by emailing musicforlife at depaw.edu. We're also on Facebook at Depaw Music for Life, and you can subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching there for Depaw Music for Life. Our student producers are Anna Gadula, Matt Skiva, Burke Stanton, Rachel Amalfitano, Hannah Gauthier, and Caleb Denning. Our 21CM graduate intern is Elika Okerstrom. Veronica Pedrel is our online editor, and our show is produced by Matthew Champagne in the Judson and Joyce Green Center for the Performing Arts at DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana. I'm Mark McCoy, Dean of the School of Music. Thank you for listening to our show. Keep music in your life, and have a great week. It's music for life.